Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. As shared before, it is the gospel that takes us into the message. Please bow your head and heart with me for a word of prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. In that Redeemer, Jesus Christ, your fellow saints of the Most High God. The gospel reminds me that we oftentimes speak of life in nautical terms. Terms such as smooth or rough sailing, rough waters or stormy weather ahead. Almost picked the hymn, Jesus Savior, Pilot Me for the Message, because it was written in the 19th century by the Reverend Edward Hopper as he pastored a congregation of mariners in New York And while his parishioners often experienced the literal perils of the sea that are sung about in that hymn, many Christians through the years have come to love the hymn which speaks metaphorically of Jesus guiding us through life, especially during unknown or tough, rough times. Isn't that when we call out, Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's tempestuous sea? Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rock and treacherous shoal. Chart and compass come from thee, Jesus Savior, pilot me. And yet nowadays, when many of us fly rather than sail, Jesus as our pilot might suggest a different image, one that has its advantage. In the old days when you were on a boat, Those ships often found themselves trapped in the midst of storms that came upon them suddenly, unawares. They had nowhere to go but to ride it out. Nowadays, when you fly, radar can often let the pilot know where the storm is, and he can avoid it altogether by flying around it. And I suppose you and I would like Jesus to be that kind of pilot, huh? But you know as well as I do that it doesn't work that way in life. In fact, as seen in our text, there are times when Jesus not only allows us to enter the storm, but he deliberately sends us into it. We're told that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, and they soon find themselves in a storm. And it comes at the end of a very long day. If you're tracking in the Gospel of Mark, they had just returned from a mission trip where Jesus sent them out two by two. They were tired. And yet, when Jesus takes them away for some R&R, some rest and relaxation, the people follow them, and Jesus has compassion on the crowd, and he ends up teaching them. And I'm sure they were pressing on him for healing as well. And comes toward the end of the day, and by the way, they had heard about John the Baptist being beheaded, so they had all that trauma and grief to deal with as well. But it comes toward the end of the day, and instead of sending the crowds away, Jesus puts the disciples to work. He feeds 5,000 plus folks, and he tells the disciples to find the food, and then to disperse it, and finally to clean it up, to gather the leftovers And we know from other accounts that there were lots of leftovers. So the disciples are pretty worn out. 
And Jesus himself is tired, so he sends the crowds and the disciples away so that he can have some alone time, some prayer time with his heavenly Father and be restored. Now, surely Jesus, who created wind and rain and sea, could have arranged for smooth sailing for his disciples after such a busy day. But no. Jesus is busy praying, but apparently it's not for fair weather. Just as he doesn't clear the skies for you and me when we think we can't handle another thing that comes along after a day on which a dryer and perhaps also a dishwasher both conked out on us, and then the storm increased and worsened by the toilet backing up and the sink and the bathtub overflowing. Or maybe you've been watching over and chasing after kids all day long and settling sibling disputes and disciplining and changing dirty diapers and outfits. Or things at work haven't gone so well. There's computer problems with no apparent solutions, a demanding workload and boss to boot. And you finally make it home and you're looking forward to a relaxing light night, but no. The phone rings and the doctor tells you it's cancer. Or it's the police calling to let you know that your child has been arrested or that someone you loved has died in a car crash. Stormy weather, rough seas, Jesus doesn't steer us clear of all storms. The storms of life can make you question God, can they? can't they? Question his mercy, his love, his very existence. How you and I react to those storms in life can lead us either closer to Jesus or away from Jesus, especially when we're not expecting them or expecting him to grant us smooth sailing, a sort of get-out-of-jail-free card, if you will, because we believe in him. Like some modern-day health, wealth, and prosperity preachers proclaim and claim. We may be so overwhelmed by those storms that we just crumble in defeat and despair and forget that God is still in his heaven and he's bigger than any storm. We may even get the notion that it's up to us to save ourselves, to row and bail harder and longer. Yes, at times, Jesus deliberately sends us into the storm, just like he did his disciples in the text. He sends them forth as he stays, saying, I'll come later. Back in Mark 4, you'll remember he went with them in the boat, now they're out there alone, struggling, while he's still back there praying. And even when he does go to them, Mark says he meant to pass them by. It's as if he's ignoring them. He says nothing. No wonder they thought that it was a ghost. It's as if he's testing them, their faith in him. He comes near enough for them to see him, but he waits for them to cry out for help. Why? Their response gives us insight. They're afraid, we're told, and their cry may initially have been one of fear, fear of the storm and possibly drowning, com 
founded by their fear of a ghost, but it seems to end up as a cry of un- or underdeveloped faith. They were utterly astounded, we're told, but their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand the miracle of the loaves. The irony being that in their thinking, they were seeing something supernatural, a ghost, and Jesus was supernatural, above and beyond nature, in a much more profound way than they could ever imagine or understand. The U.S. Air Force's 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron is based in Biloxi, Mississippi. It's known as the Hurricane Hunters. Its mission is to fly right into the heart of a tropical storm in order to gauge its movement and power. For them, there's no avoiding those storms, for there's much to be learned by going through them all the way to the eye in the center. Just as natural hurricanes have an eye in the middle of them, so the storms in our lives have an eye, capital I, if you will, in them. And his name is Jesus. Instead of steering us clear of every storm, Jesus comes to us as the I in the middle of it. Take heart, he says. It is I. Take heart. Have confidence. Literally, be cheer-filled. Sounds impossible, but as Jesus' offer of help and the gospel are received, those who embrace it and him have confidence and courage and can be of good cheer, even in the midst of the storms of life and their frightening circumstances, because we know Jesus is in control and that he is there not only with us, but for us. Note that when Jesus gets into the boat, the wind ceases and the sea becomes calm immediately. Where Jesus is, there is calm in the midst of the storm. And he promises to be with us in them. As I shared with the children from the Psalms, call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you will glorify me. Yes, Jesus goes through the storms with us as he did when the sky became black as a storm on that day that you and I call and have come no become known as Good Friday. And on that day, Jesus was the hope, the eye, if you will, in the storm for one of the men who, who were crucified with him. As he called out to him, truly I say to you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Just as he'll be our hope and be with us in our final storm. For Jesus, by his suffering, death, and resurrection, has conquered even death and hell itself by going through it before and for us. And therefore, he says, take heart, fear not, it is I. Mark continues to expand on the answer to the question of who is Jesus. He has him literally say out of his own mouth, ego eimi, it is I, or I am. It's the designation for Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, the God who is God, the great I am, the Lord of all creation. And he proves it by immediately simply climbing into the boat and having the storm cease, the wind and the sea be still. 
all creation has to bow down before him and obey him. The only question remaining for you and I to answer is, will we follow him even in the storms of life, even into the storms of life, even if he is the one who leads us into that storm, in order that thereby he might teach us something, strengthen, expand, and strengthen our faith, or thereby serve him and our neighbor by furthering his kingdom, expanding it eternally through our faithful and faith-filled witness to others. There was a movie a few years back, you might have seen it, called The Guardian. It starred Kevin Costner and Aston Ashton Kutcher. That's a tough name. Ashton Kutcher. Anyway, as elite Coast Guard rescue swimmers who went out on missions to rescue people from the sea in the most dangerous of circumstances. And the movie ends by conveying the legend of the Guardian uh, that some people who were rescued uh, were later telling others that there was this mysterious someone, a guardian, who kept them from drowning. Well, the tale of a Christian's rescue from death and life's storm isn't a legend. Certainly not a legend of some mysterious, shadowy figure. It's the true story and a, of a real Savior. His name is Jesus, who became the Christ as he came into our midst, into our life, in order to rescue us from life's storms and from every evil forevermore thereafter. And that's why you and I are here today, is it not? That's why we praise and thank the Lord for being not only our God, but in Jesus Christ, our Savior, who rescued us from sin, death, and the devil. To him be glory today and forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all of our understanding, will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, our risen and reigning Lord and Savior. Amen.